0: And welcome to another episode of Hot Sauce with Rochelle Wilson. Make some intelligent noise, mother, advocate, and journalist for justice. You know, I've been thinking, it's not something that I don't think any of us already know, but I'd love to hear the majority of the opinion How is correctional centers, the prisons in America, they're called correctional centers or correctional institutes. Why is that? May I ask, what are they correcting? You take someone, let's just say, for today's case, let's just say a young 22-year-old male. You take a young 22-year-old male and incarcerate him, for let's say 20 years, 15, 20 years. And then you release him from incarceration and you expect him to blend in and fit into society's norms. What exactly are society's norms? (laughs) What is normal in society today? It's 2021. What's the norm? In my day coming up, things were normal. In the 1940s, 50s and 60s, that was normal for the 40s, 50s and 60s. Now it's the 2000s. The millennials are here. It is 2021. And what is normal? What is fitting into today's normal society? What does that mean? What does it mean to you? I know what it means to me. Maybe I'm old school. Maybe my ways are my thoughts or my processes, my intellectual properties. Maybe I'm slow and behind the times. But I came up in a time when men opened the door for ladies. I I came from a time when men and women were the only couples that were married in, in a church before the eyes of God. I came from a time when <laughs> beating on a woman was absolutely, absolutely unacceptable. I came from a time different than this time. And so perhaps my ideologies, my mentality, my intellectual properties... My thoughts, my opinions, my viewpoints, maybe they're old and outdated. Nonetheless, they belong to me. You're welcome to agree with me, and you always have the free will of choice to disagree with me. I'm simply sharing my thoughts. This is my journey. Is there anyone out there that can hear me? Can you feel me? Can you feel my heart? It's beating, just like your heart. Are you a mother? Are you a parent? Are you a loved one of an incarcerated person? Is there anything in the world of incarceration that that just doesn't settle right with you? Perhaps the treatment of our incarcerated loved ones behind the bars. Do you know what happens behind the bars? Do you know the culture change that takes place when you leave the normal society and go behind the bars? A new culture begins, a new way of life. A different mentality has to set in for survival purposes. Did you know that? Are you a conservative, perhaps? And you believe that everything that's wrong in the world, if we just incarcerate the people who are doing all the wrong in the world, then we'll have a beautiful, healthy, happy world. A place where our children can grow up safely and everyone loves everyone and neighbors are neighborly and communities commune in a common unity. Or do you believe or do you know that we live in a world where the norm for you could be very different than the norm for me or for the next person, the person who lives right next door or the person we see every day at work? What is normal for 2021 and beyond? But I believe that my strongest thoughts today really do go with the release, the liberation, and the day that we set them free. After incarcerating the quote-unquote bad guys, (laughs) after incarcerating them and taking away a good portion of their life, if not all of it, we release them into society and demand immediately that they reacclimate themselves and fit in, blend in, become a part of the norm of the society that they live in now, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years after incarceration. And I would pose one simple question to you for this podcast, this broadcast of make some intelligent noise. You are listening to Rochelle Wilson. If you're still with me, you're listening to Rochelle Wilson. Mother, mother first. (laughs) Advocate, which grew out of me being a mother. A mother who loves her son. And journalist, something I was for 33 years until I became a high school teacher did that for 12, 13 years, really thought I was on a pathway to my joy and happiness because I love being a teacher. I love working with young people. Love it. Love young people. The future. Love them. But I left all of that behind because of my advocacy as a mother who loves her son more, even more than all of the wonderful young people that she has met and wanted to one day meet. I love my son, so I became an advocate. And the skills that Almighty Divine, something greater than myself had given me, as a journalist many years ago, and for many moons until I was journalist burnout, I renewed that skill set of journalism. To create one by one a platform, a multimedia platform for my voice, for my story, because I know that my story is synonymous with thousands of other stories of other mothers and parents and loved ones of loved ones who are behind those walls. And whether we're conservative or liberals, I don't think our party matters. I think what's in your heart, that's what really truly matters. Do you have a heart? Can you feel? Can you feel, have empathy for the next human being, even if you are absolutely that person who believes that all the bad guys, in quotation marks, should be incarcerated? Even if you're that dude, do you have a heart? Can you feel for your next door neighbor? Can you feel for the person at the, at the workplace, at your job, that is the family or loved one of a loved one behind those bars? Can you just take a moment to feel and to think of what life is like for us, the family, the loved ones, when our loved ones are locked away and the key has been thrown away? <laughs> behind those bars. The judges, they sentence people, sometimes very fairly, sometimes their discretion is unfair and lives are altered. No matter what happens in that courtroom, when that judge renders his verdict, lives are altered in the courtrooms. So yes, I'm an advocate for holding judges accountable to the sentences that they impose upon not only the person who stands before them at the dock, the podium, but also for the families and loved ones, the people that love them and need them, the children who need them. I advocate for all of us and I beseech you to have a heart but answer me this, riddle me this as I've once heard it said. If we incarcerate people for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50 and beyond years, we take away their lives at age 21, 22, 23, where they're not even fully mature or developed yet and yet they've committed this offense, perhaps heinous offense. And so we put them behind the bars, behind the walls, into a new culture. And eventually the clock tolls and the day comes where we release them and set them free and bring them back into a normal, <laughs> normal society to live amongst us, to grow and to flourish and to pursue uh, the life and liberty and pursuit of happiness, according to our constitution. And we tell them fit in, blend in. I won't prolong the question any longer. I pose it to you now. How do they fit in? How do they reacclimate themselves? How do they become mentally and emotionally and physically mature? What has being incarcerated for 30 years done to them emotionally, psychologically, mentally, that we would just open the door and let them out? Where is the correction? Where is the rehabilitation? What are we doing for them while they are behind those bars? In preparation, preparing them to be released, to fit into society, to fit into the norms of 2021. When we lock them up in 1970s and 1980s and 1990s and 2010, How do they do that if we are not rehabilitating them while they're in there? You sit there and and perhaps you're driving or maybe you're sitting out by the pool just listening to this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for lending your ear to my voice, to the voice of a mother and an advocate and a journalist. I pose you the question and demand you give me an answer. If we do not rehabilitate them while they are incarcerated behind the walls, behind the bars and the locked doors and solitary confinements without any human contact or connection, we let them out. How, how, rehabilitation, how can they fit in? What will you do right now? What can you do to stand up, to speak up, to get involved, to be a part of the solution instead of (laughs) sitting on your horse and talking a little (laughs) shinaki about why they should be there and locked away for the rest of their lives. Perhaps you think so. Perhaps you don't understand it because it's never knocked on your door. So you are not a victim or a prey to the world of incarceration behind the bars and the walls. So you don't get it. You don't understand. You don't know how it feels. So maybe you have no empathy for me and the hundreds and thousands of other families and loved ones of loved ones who do know the experience. And we wait for them and we send them commissary and books and we talk to them on the phone and through video visit and we do all that we can to advocate, to advocate actively For their well-being, to have jobs while they're in the prison, and we try to love them and, and to guide them through this experience until they come home. Many of us, some of us, not all of us, but some of us, we prepare the pathway for their success. We make ready for their return to the best of our abilities, but it's still not enough What will we do? How will we help them? They need counseling if they've not received it. And in many of America's prisons and prisons globally, counseling, psychological and emotional counseling is not running rampant through the prisons. (laughs) Unfortunately, it is sad to say, we must, we must offer them rehabilitation and hope that when they come home, that there is some level of security and a foundation for them to start anew without prejudice and biases and, and, and racism even against them, because they are of the incarcerated class. I've stood on my soapbox for 16 minutes and 23 seconds, And I won't stand here any longer. But I just pose the question, as simplistically as I know how, if you are listening, and I pray, God Almighty, that everyone with ears is listening. Answer the question, what will you do to stand up, to speak up for rehabilitation and reform in our American incarcerated Department of Correction systems, what systems will you demand be put into place so that when they someday release them to their families, the ones of us that are still alive, that they can still come home to? <laughs> when they are released into the norms of society, that they are prepared to stand and stand strong as progressive law abiding citizens of this nation what will you do what will you do to demand that your your elected officials your public servants put these bills into laws to be an advocate Will you lift your voice to advocate for rehabilitation and reform so that we will all have a safer, more progressive and productive America when they return home? Will you stand? Will you be a part of that solution? I beseech you as an advocate, as a mother first, and as a journalist, for Make Some Intelligent Noise, Multimedia Justice Movement. You've been listening to Rochelle Wilson, an intimate journey through my story. Until we meet again, peace and grace be upon you. Ashe, mean, and Amen.